On the cover, our heroes stand in the center in a semicircle, raising swords above their heads to join tips at a blazing point. Stellar's is bright golden and glowing, the blade visible behind the light. Kieran's is orange and pixelated, tiny squares constantly breaking off and reforming. Stagehands hides behind smoke, the dim red glow within just picking out its outline. And in the center, the gambler holds up a crackling mass of green energy growing out of a familiar gem. Behind them, a shadowy form looms, its arms spread and face obscured by the light. Hindsight, issue 9, A Silent Alarm. Welcome to Apex City in the 90s. We open up on sirens, and we see a group of police vehicles in hot pursuit of a big black armored van uh, with a blue stencil of a bell on one side, and they are chasing them through traffic down the Ross Tunnel. And as this pursuit exits the tunnel and into Tezuka Square, the van opens the back of the doors, and this white beam just sweeps across the entrance of the tunnel, which collapses uh, very swiftly, trapping the police and probably a lot of civilians inside. So as the tunnel collapses, I would like to intro our hero. So tell me, stagehand, how you enter the scene. Also, first off, hi Landon, you're playing stagehand. How's it going? It's good. It's it's bright and early, but we're excited to be here. (laughs) (laughs) So, stagehand, how do you intercept? So, we see stagehand, who was standing above the tunnel, do your very stereotypical comic book hero jump and land and roll out into the street that the van is running down. Stagehand is 18 years old and full-on grunge goth aesthetic for the 90s. She's got a flannel on, some fishnet tights, shorts, boots. She's got some like arm pads and protective gear on and a just black bandana covering the lower half of her face. And she reaches out her hands and in the comic panel, we get that red squiggly effect as the back two tires of the van pull up and back a little bit, stopping the vehicle from escape. Ooh, nice. I would like you to unleash your powers for that. All right, we'll see how this goes. That is a 12. Uh, So yeah, you lift the back of the van off the ground and it is four wheel drive. So it's still trying to like move, but you have definitely halted it for the moment. You're going to have to concentrate on this because, you know, the moment you drop it, it's going to go. But as you do, you see the back of that van has been open this whole time and someone sticks their head out to see what the hell is going on. This is a relatively buff uh, Middle Eastern lady uh, with a scar down one side of her face in like a black combat vest and tactical boots. And we get a caption under her face that says, carry on tranquil. And as she sees you, she steps out of the van and like begins stalking in your direction. And... Stellar, how do you enter this scene? Stellar jumps like from like the side onto the road and she draws her sword from her side and points it up in the air. Stellar is a 19-year-old Japanese woman. Her hair and eyes are bright gold and her eyes kind of glow just a little bit. She's very magical, go aesthetic. She has some ankle boots that go into 
pair of tights that go up to this very ruffly pale yellow skirt and then like a pale yellow vest and gloves and her hair is tied back and she also has two earrings one's a sun and one's a star and when she draws her sword what time of day is it is it like daytime yeah this is broad daylight yeah middle of the day as the sun reflects off the sword she swings it down and tries to blind the people in front of her, the uh, bad guys, especially the one coming after Seijan. Are you trying to keep your friend safe or maybe create an opportunity for your other allies? Create an opportunity. Okay, so that will be directly engaging a threat. So roll plus danger. Eight. On a hit, you're going to trade blows. Uh, and on a seven to nine, you get to pick one off of that list. Do you want to resist or avoid their blows? Do you want to take something from them, create an opportunity for your allies, or would you like to impress, surprise, or frighten the opposition? I'm going to create an opportunity for my allies. Okay. And what kind of opportunity are you trying to create? I'm going to try and blind them so that the others can rush in while they're, like, they can't see. Okay. Tranquil uh, definitely catches this, you know, light blast full on in the face. And as she is kind of, like, stumbling back, she yells uh, back at the van, do something about that. And a couple of goons kind of hop out of the back and uh, they are similarly tactical bodysuit. These are wearing like masks up to their eyes and all of them have that same like blue bell sort of emblazoned on them. And uh, these, I think, start uh, laying down some suppressing fire in your direction. Oh no. <laughs> so I'm going to have you take a powerful blow. Love that. Starting early. <laughs> oh no. What you got? Two fives. Oh, that is the perfect time for a 10. On a 10 plus, <laughs> no! <laughs> you can either remove yourself from the situation, flee, pass out, etc. You can lose control of yourself or your powers in a terrible way, or you can choose two options from the seven to nine list. What would you like to do? I'm not going to leave the situation. Blow up. Blow up. <laughs> <No>! <laughs> God. Plenty of fun options. I'm going to choose two options. I'm going to. I'll struggle past the pain, so I'll take two conditions. What are you going to mark there? I'm going to take insecure. I'm going to take afraid. That's fair. You were not expecting straight up guns here. No, I was not. Welcome to the 90s. (laughs) And then I'm going to give ground. I don't think I want to lash out verbally. And what does giving ground look like uh, for Stella right here? I think when the gunfire starts, she kind of like drops her sword and like, stumbles backwards like falling over as that happens we'll get to uh the opportunity to take here in just a second but as that happens kieran how how are you getting in on this i think kieran's going to walk up nonchalantly and i want to try and rip the guns out of their hands using my telekinesis and tell us what kieran looks like on the page kieran doesn't wear a costume doesn't have like a special superhero name they just generally wear sports bra or like some binding over their chest and like a loose tank top jeans and work boots and you are just trying to uh tk some guns out of some hands here yes i think that definitely sounds like taking something from them so go ahead and directly engage a threat that's a four. Oh no so you reach out uh with your head brain uh, to try and TK these, first off, mark potential, Yep. <laughs> to try and grab these guns, and it does not go as well as you might have expected. So what is, so first off, what does the telekinesis look like uh, normally, like on the on the page here? Like, what's the indicator of that? 
On the page, it looks very similar to Stagehands Telekinesis with, like, the lines. But whereas Stagehands is red, Kieran's is more of, like, a soft orange. So that way, it's, like, distinct enough that you can tell who is doing what. So I think the way that plays out is that Tranquil sees this, and as you kind of, like, reach out, she just grabs your arm and flings you uh, towards Stagehand, and uh, the two of you meet uh, in the middle of the air there. I do think this is enough to break Stagehand's uh, concentration, and the back half of that van hits the ground once more and starts rubber burning and speeding off off in a direction. Tranquil is still out, but whatever's in that van is, you know, still in there. And we get a panel of someone watching this from a nearby rooftop. I guess we should describe Tezuka Square here. It's very near downtown. You can actually see the Heron Towers pretty close. It is very developed. There's a fountain in the middle of the square. And there are a lot of people just going about their normal commute who are now kind of, you know, running away from this whatever kind of super fight this might be. And at that point, the gambler. How do you get in on this? Hi, I'm also Charlie, by the way. Char- Charlie, <laughs> Charlie Squared. Charlie Squared, yeah. I think that's probably going to be the easiest way to keep track of this kind of nonsense. <laughs> <laughs> but yes, I think through this sort of entire encounter, the gambler has just been sort of keeping an eye on the civilians in his home, trying to usher them away from the fight. And when he sees that this van is speeding off once again, he digs deep down into his nova powers and to give just sort of an overview of the gambler, he is um, Emilio Navares, a uh, 19-year-old Latino. He has a very, it's kind of niche 90s aesthetic. He's, he's rocking that old-school burlesque look. He's got um, a bright red tailcoat tuxedo red velvet, top hat, leather shorts with shoulder straps, fishnets, short heel boots, the whole thing. He is looking crisp. But (laughs) (laughs) he's looking on point. And one of the biggest traits that come from his nova powers is that his eyes, rather than having like pupils or irises, is actually just got a percentile die. His left is a D10 and his right is a D100. It's not on the nose at all. (laughs) Love it. (laughs) And he digs down and uses his his Nova abilities, which is also his hero name, the Gambler, which is the power to manipulate probability. And he is going to dig deep and he is going to unleash his powers to manipulate the probability of all four of this band's tires just bursting on the spot. That is definitely an unleashing your power, so go ahead and roll plus freak. Okay, that is a 12. Nice. You do the thing. Uh, so what does that look like on the page? Is there any visual indication that the gambler has used his powers, or uh, does it just happen? That's the thing. With the gambler, the only sort of like connection that you can realize that it's him doing it is that the dice in his eyes roll. And it comes out with a success. He won this bet. And um, he sort of like flings his hand out and stomps his heel boot on the ground towards the truck because he's going to own it. Like he's got nothing flary, no cool telekinesis or light show. And um, as he flings his hand out, there's like this giant pop that sort of echoes through the remains of this tunnel and the rubber just sort of bursts out 
from underneath this truck and there's just like a screeching metal as like the rims. I don't actually know how cars work, but if the bits underneath the tires are cold, <laughs> they just like skid across the asphalt and I imagine this truck just comes to a halt. Yeah, it absolutely does. Uh, I think it actually crashes into the fountain uh, and then kind of like tips a little bit onto one side. And as we get that panel, uh, that figure that we had seen on the roof previously bounds off and kind of like kicks off the side of the building. And where is the gambler in this scene? Is he on the ground? Is he up uh, somewhere or like kind of um, visually he, in the space? He, he realizes that the rest of you all have got pretty much everything under control with um, Tranquil. So he's just going to run towards this truck because even though... These people are obviously not the greatest. He doesn't particularly want anyone to die, so he's going to try and see if whoever was driving this thing is okay. Okay. And see if it crashed through his buildings. Okay, so as you're running towards it, this kind of grayish blur springboards off the ground past you and twists in midair to kind of wave at you, and we get a, a caption panel that says Wolf Spider. And this is uh, a person in kind of a full-body uh, stocking that starts at the hairline and goes down. They've got kind of a big fur ruff around their shoulders and, like, spiked-up blonde hair. And as they go past you, they wave and say, thanks for the assist, and then roll into the back of the van. And we get some very quick sound captions that just say, oof, thud, crunch. And I want to get back to stagehand right quick. Tranquil is heading in your direction after throwing Kieran at you, and she looks a little pissed. Uh, she cracks her knuckles at you, and she is definitely coming in for a pretty powerful swing. What do you do? I think on seeing Wolf Spider in Stagehand's panel, we just get a speech bubble with three exclamation marks. And Stagehand, though, does have to deal with this chick first. So, not having to deal with the telekinesis anymore, Stagehand pulls, like, a smoke bomb off of her pants. There's She has, like, a bunch of them pellet-style on her pants, and a baton comes out of, like, her right-hand side, and she tosses the smoke bomb, and they're, like, little smoke bomb grenades, so she uses her telekinesis to pull the pen once it's closer to Tranquil and taps out the baton and then rushes in behind the smoke bomb to not lethally attack <laughs> Tranquil. <laughs> <laughs> sure, sure. Uh, let's, let's go ahead and have you directly engage a threat, and then we'll talk about what happens there. That is a nine. Nice. So you do get to pick one off of that list. What would you like to do there? I definitely feel like I'm impressing, surprising, or frightening the opposition. That's kind of stagehand style. I think I think that works. I think I think Tranquil uh, is probably more impressed than surprised or frightened because she was not expecting you to like just come at her, right? <laughs> uh, so you drop a smoke bomb, you dive in, um, and how are you attacking? Stagehand is like sliding in under the smoke bomb and going with the baton to sweep Tranquil's legs. So you catch her in the back of the knee, and she does go down, but she spins back out of it and then catches you uh, in the shoulder with a kick of her own. Uh, so I am definitely going to have you take a powerful blow there. All right. That is a nine on my take a powerful blow. Nice. Uh, <laughs> well, you get to take one thing off that seven to nine list. What would you like to do? I'm going to lash out verbally. Gambler, don't let Wolf Spider get away. <laughs> what? Now, now, the keyword on lashing out uh, is foolhardy action. Basically, how absolutely, 
absolutely at every, like, no way let Wolf Spider out of this scenario. Uh, now, when you do provoke someone, you do provoke someone. So this so. is, in fact, a provoke someone. Yes, roll plus superior. Well, good thing I have a plus one to my superior. Oh, I have a plus two, so that's an eight. So for a PC, you have a choice. Would you like to uh, incentivize them by adding a team if they do this, or penalize them by marking condition if they don't? I love my team. I will add a team to the pool if you help me and, you know, do everything to keep Wolf Spider from getting out of this situation. I mean... I'll play in a Nova. Foolhardy action's kind of ideal, so I'm going to have to take that team. So you get caught uh, in the side, and you get launched out of the smoke cloud. And as you do, you can see Wolf Spider stepping out of the back of this van, and they are holding a hard metal case. Ooh, does my telepathy let me put thoughts in people's heads? That's up to you, does it? Totally. So, Gambler, you just hear this streaming conscious of stagehand cursing a lot and getting hit. And at the same time, like, don't let Wolf Spider get away. Don't let Wolf Spider get away. Don't let Wolf Spider get away. <laughs> oh, God. Okay, I get it. I get it. I'm on it. I'm on it. <laughs> nice. And and as you're doing that, I think uh, Wolf Spider kind of like walks uh, past the Gambler and sort of like pats you on the shoulder. Cute outfit. Real nice. Hit me up sometime. And then they pull a little grapple off their belt and aim it towards one of the taller buildings. And, and as they do, <laughs> well, part of my full hearty action is definitely I'm going to have to roll some burn. And so you're charging up your burn since this is the Nova. Uh, tell yes. us what that looks like. I, I, I don't actually think it has that much of a visual thing that, say, the rest of the team would be able to see. Yeah, yeah, but like in the comic uh, medium, yeah. right? So it doesn't necessarily have to be visible to the other characters, but how do we reference it on the page? The percentile die, like the panel zooms in onto Gambler's eye, and you see his eyes start to whirl so fast that it's almost blind. And then you see this dark, shadowy red silhouette that is obviously not the silhouette of the Gambler sort of start to appear behind him, translucent, and there's almost like this drone sound effect coming from, like there's a presence behind him that's like supercharging him up. And I am going to roll that burn. And on the upside, you have no conditions marked yet, so. Oh, that's not an upside. Okay, uh, that is an eight. So I do take one condition, but I do get all of my burn. So what are you doing? I think we're going to take guilty, definitely. Because I just got a really cute compliment, and I was feeling really hot today, and that upped it up, and now I'm about to totally gag the spider. So as um, Wolf Spider puts their hand on my shoulder, and they raise their other hand with the grappling hook up into the sky, the percentile die in my eyes just sort of freeze, and I'm going to bet on the probability that a construct that will contain the Wolf Spider will appear around them. And I'm going to use my ability constructs and wonder burn to create any object with your powers up to the size of a person. So, something that can contain the wolf spider. And it is animate in of itself, which means if they try to move or leave, it moves with them, so they can't move from that spot. So that is basically two burn, if I understand correctly? Yes. Nice. And what does this construct look like? I think the sort of glittery velvet from my tailcoat leeches up the arm of the wolf spider and coats 
basically the whole hero costume with this velvety glitter and bubbles out in sort of like this weird bubble dome around them and the briefcase and just sort of locks them in place. And the grappling hook just sort of falls to the ground and I put my hand on their shoulder and I'm like, sorry babe, I'll take you up that some other time. I'm not going to make your roll for that. Um, <laughs> I think I like that. And I think Wolf Spider looks a little bit confused and looks over at you. Coming on a little strong right now. Uh, I was just going to drop you some digits and go, I'm kind of working at the moment. So if you could be, if you could, you know, just do me a solid and let me out of this. And they kind of wink at you. And at that point, Tranquil rushes towards stagehand. And I want to actually get over to Kieran. So you just got thrown uh, and you are kind of getting back onto your feet at this point. What are you doing? I want to try and shove Tranquil out of their path, like towards uh, stagehand, hopefully using my telekinesis and not messing up this time, but just basically <laughs> knock them out of the way um, so that they don't hit stagehand. That sounds like a defend someone to me. It seems like you're trying to you know, defend stagehand from this attack. So go ahead and roll plus savior. So I have a question because I have a move called stick to the mission, but I don't know if it works. When you defend someone or something critically important to the future, tell us why. You may mark a condition to shift one label down and to shift Savior up before the roll. Basically, this question is, is Stagehand critically important to the future according to you? I mean, I would say so. And tell us why. Fairly certain that Stagehand is my ancestor. Not 100% sure on the relation yet. <laughs> yeah, and we haven't talked about this yet on the page. You are playing the Harbinger. Kieran is from the future. Mm-hmm. So I think we get that kind of uh, flashback where Kieran has just gotten to the past and is encountering Stagehand for the first time. And what was the giveaway that you and Stagehand are related? I think it had to do with the telepathy not working on family members. Because um, growing up, Kieran got their powers from their father and it was always a thing where they were connected through the nanobots that they had inside them, but they couldn't use their, like, psychic telepathy on each other. And coming into the past, Kieran didn't have any problem using it on anyone else until they ran into Stagehand. And that was just, like, a dead giveaway for Kieran. Uh, so with that, go ahead and shift one label down. And what are you shifting down to shift up your savior? I'm going to shift down Freak because I'm doing this to protect my family and that's just a very normal thing to do and then go ahead and roll to defend someone i also have to mark a condition oh mark angry oh i didn't need it because i i rolled a nine plus my savior is that makes it a 12 you shove tranquil out of the way and were you just like shoving her um kind of away from or are you pulling her somewhere or what does that look like um i'd like to shove her into something like Oh, you said we're like in a tunnel, right? They just came out of a tunnel. You are in the middle of a square right now. Uh, but that said, there are still a couple of guys who just shot at Stellar that we need to address. <laughs> oh, yes. Them. That would be great. Have like a little dog pile. Nice. So yeah, you shove her uh, into the other two uh, guards who had gotten out of the back of that van. And the three of them go flying. Now, on a uh, hit for that, on a hit for defense, so you are going to keep them safe. Stagehand is no longer being engaged at this point. But you also have a choice to make. Since you can't clear a condition, would you like to add a team to the pool? Or do you want to take influence over Stagehand? I would like to take influence. So Stagehand, did Kieran already have influence over you? I think just because of like the longer history. I mean, Emilio 
slash the gambler definitely does because childhood friends. Yeah. And then I think the other one is actually probably to Stellar. Nice. So at this point, you see Kieran uh, knock this, you know, uh, big, super strong lady out of the way of you. And we get that panel where you're like, oh, crap. And now Kieran has influence over you as well. Speaking of which, Stellar, there were a couple of guys with guns that were shooting (laughs) at you and you kind of ducked away and a couple of things happened very, very quickly. And now uh, Tranquil has just uh, flown through both of them, which leaves you in an interesting position. What are you up to? So Stutter first stands up and like pushes off herself. Wow, that was rude. First, she pulls her camcorder from her side, turns it on and turns it to her. Hello, Starlights. Looks like we have some troublemakers. You better watch carefully. And I turn the camera to face them. And then with my other hand, I start bringing the sunlight down onto the pavement under them, like hot enough that it starts melting the pavement to try and trap them in it. Uh, so I think this is definitely going to be a directly engaged someone. Seems dangerous. Oh, wait, wait, I have a question. Yes. Would you say there's an audience watching me? You know, you are in a very public place, so I might give that to you, yeah. Because I'm... Considering using stage fighting, directly engage a threat with an audience watching, mark a condition to roll plus superior instead of plus danger. Yeah, I think that works just fine. Now I'll mark angry, so it's a seven. (laughs) Fantastic. Uh, So as you do that, and as you pull up that camcorder and kind of like start talking at it, we can see a couple of people in the square start to recognize like who you are. And rather than fleeing in, you know, uh, self-preservation, they're now kind of like slowing down to watch the show. So on a directly engage, you are going to trade blows on a seven to nine. You get to pick one off that list. What do you want to do? I'm going to take something from them, which is going to be their ability to flee. Are you more going after Tranquil or are you going after uh, the the two guys that were shooting at you? Well, wasn't Tranquil thrown into them? Yeah, but for the purposes of this, they're kind of separate entities. All right. uh, I'm going to do the people who were shooting me. So they start to sink into the concrete a little bit, uh, and you can see like the, the edges of their pants sizzling a little bit, and they're definitely very distressed by this and trying to pull themselves out of this molten concrete. While Stutter is doing this, her eyes start going very bright, as they always And what you did not do here, though, was resist or avoid yes, blows. Yes, I know. Uh, so as that happens, Tranquil being much, much stronger and much faster than these guys definitely pinpoints the fact that you are doing this because your powers are kind of flashy. Yes. And I think she's just going to try and suplex you. So she rolls over, grabs you, and tries to, like, back suplex you into the concrete. So I am going to have you take a powerful blow, unless someone wants to try and stop that. Please, I have three conditions, Mark. Uh, I'm happy to jump in back in like an idiot. Okay, how how would you like to try and defend that? Okay, super strong. I gotta be smart about this. Or just be dumb, because I'm a kid. (laughs) I'm just gonna be dumb and just like run up in there and try to get myself in between stellar and tranquil to like okay elbow so, like, them apart nice go ahead and defend somebody trying to body block i like it don't, don't roll low oh god what's my savior please tell me my savior is at least one hey my savior's a one so that's a seven yeah <laughs> so you have two choices to make here let's start with the good one so you are gonna stop tranquil from suplexing stellar in the process would you like to add a team to the pool would you like to take influence over Stellar or would you like to clear a condition? Uh, I think I'm going to take influence again over Stellar. Okay. Because you already have influence over me. I know. Which means you get to shift Stellar's labels. Tell us how you're going to shift Stellar's labels in this moment. 
I feel like I'm going to shift her freak up and uh, her mundane down. Now, the other choice you have to make uh, is that this is going to cost you. Are you exposing yourself to danger or are you escalating the situation? I would 100% say I'm exposing myself to danger. I think that tracks. Uh, so I think as you get in the way, uh, Tranquil basically looks at you and like, would you knock it off? And I think she uh, kind of like, rather than suplexing Stellar, turns that into a clothesline from you and just plants you in the ground. Nice. So once again, I'm so sorry. Take a powerful blow. Don't apologize. I got an eight. Um, oh no. <laughs> I think this time I'm giving ground. I think uh, the way that that works, if you don't mind me uh, editorializing for a moment. Go for it. Is that she plants you in the ground and you just stay down for a minute. And she gets up and looks around and realizes that the van is wrecked. Her two guys are swiftly getting stuck in concrete. uh, And she books it towards an alleyway. Very quickly, the gambler, right now, you are holding Wolf Spider. Yes. Uh, Wolf Spider kind of looks over at you and they're like, hey, you gonna stop her or you gonna hold on to me? Because I mean, like... I'm not against being held on to, but it seems like one of us is a bigger threat here. Are you rising to this bait or are you going to just hold on? I don't have to rise to the bait because part of that ability is this contract, only, this, this construct that I've created with my bird will only dissolve at the end of the scene or at my will. Wolf Spider does not know that. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and I just sort of look back towards Tranquil. And I look towards uh, Wolf Spider, back to Wolf Spider, I'm like, hmm, yeah, you have a point. And I take the briefcase, and I would like to spend it from, like, their hand, and I would like to spend a second burn to, on elemental awareness, spend one burn and mark the condition to open your mind up to the world around you with your powers. You can ask any one question about the world around you, and the GM must answer honestly. I like it. So what are you going to mark? I think... I think I'm going to mark, let's say, it's cure as well, because the small spider's coming on pretty strong, and, like, Emilio is a lot of bravado. I mean, like, the burlesque makes him feel good. That's a lot of bravado there. It's all spiders coming on strong. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm going to mark it's cure and mark off that one bird. But my question would be, what's in this briefcase? Sure. And I think the way this works is that you see sort of a reverse timeline of this uh, of this briefcases uh, falling into the hands of these people. And there are three main things in this. There are a couple of pieces of jewelry uh, from a um, noted collection by Azafami. Uh, so very, very fancy uh, bracers, bracelets, necklaces, that kind of stuff. There is a kind of fist-sized green gem. And that, uh, to you, feels kind of heavy. And the third thing is a small silver orb that is just covered in symbols. Okay. (laughs) I can play with this, because, of course, I'm going to spend my last burn on a gamble. And I'm going to... Well, well, hold on just a sec, because you made an animate construct and you used elemental awareness. That's three burn. Yes, it is. You are true. That's true. That's three. I wasn't counting. Damn it! Okay, now that is three burn. That is three burn. Okay, then. Now you could always charge your burn again. I could. I like this devil's advocate GM. This is good. I might just do this again. Just roll my burn again. Yeah, go for it. Roll those dice. Five, six, seven with my conditions. Okay, so mark a condition. Yes, and I think I'm going to mark afraid because I was banking on a lot more cool shit being in this. Uh, case. Like, There's some pretty cool shit. <laughs> <laughs> Something 
something that I would immediately know how to use. And I think the gambler isn't the smartest kid on the block, but he's smart enough to know that he ain't just going to start messing around with weird runic silvery orbs. So what he does is um, he is going to pop open this briefcase and grab out the green gem. And he is going to unleash his powers to uh, manipulate the probability of the likelihood of this gem morphing into a green gem sword instead. Oh, that's good. So um, he just wants it to elongate out into... I Yeah, actually, it'll look like a, um, a, a cane, like a hooked cane, and just the end of it's like a rapier. I am definitely, yes, going to have you unleash your powers for that. Yes. Ten. You reach in, and as you touch this thing, a couple of things happen. First off, you can tell there is something in here that is aware, because it is definitely pushing back against you. It does not want you to have anything to do with it. Uh, Seems almost afraid of you. And as you grab it, it doesn't so much elongate as it starts to crackle, and this very powerful uh, wind kicks up that coalesces all of the like dust and grit and like cement uh, like particles in the area into that long sword-like shape that you were looking for, sort of around it. Yes. I want to very briefly get over uh, to Kirin, because as this is happening, you are starting to hear the sound of helicopters. Uh, someone is definitely responding to this. And as they start to get closer to you, you can feel something that you haven't felt uh, since the future. And I want to get another flash back slash forward. In your flash forward, we see Kirin wandering the streets of Apex City, but they're slightly different uh, in that a lot of them are kind of dilapidated. Uh, A lot of the buildings are in disrepair and there's a fine gray dust that sort of floats everywhere. And we can see a group of people that are kind of moving in a very patterned, like almost swarm-like way, but with purpose. And across the street, we can see Kirin, and we can see that there is this like light blinking. What are the visible signs for Kirin of being infected with the hacking death? I think it depends on when you were infected and how long you've been infected. Like... Kieran's parents were infected in the initial release of it, and I feel like there were very visible signs then of your skin starts to look a bit like a motherboard in that you can see machines beneath the skin. If you're born with it, it's much more subtle. So, like, you can't really tell just from looking at Kieran that they're infected with the hacking death. Uh, so, it's something that's kind of under the skin, and probably most of the time you don't really see very much, if at all. But I think as you start getting closer uh, to these individuals, it starts to become more apparent as you start to kind of integrate into that hive. And as you do, the standard signs for being infected are kind of like circuit veins that sort of extend outwards from your eyes. And as uh, these helicopters are getting closer, we can start to see like just the outlines of that like motherboard kind of uh, patterning starting to raise up a little bit and like a little light under your skin pops on. And then we flash from the future back to the present where these helicopters are incoming and we can see that uh, that patterning start to raise up a little bit and It's that exact same feeling, but this is way earlier in the timeline than this should exist. So the question is, uh, Kieran, what are you doing? Kieran's freaking out a little bit. Anyone that 
looks at them can see that they are noticeably shaken. And this is coming from the helicopters, right? Yeah. As they're getting closer, the signal is starting to get stronger. Okay. I want to kind of get into a hidden position where I'm not able to easily be seen by the helicopters and try to read the minds of those inside to find who this is and what they're trying to do. Uh, And that, to me, seems like an unleashing your powers. You're extending your senses. So go ahead for it. That is seven. So on a hit, you're going to do this. And I'll, I'll tell you what. I'll tell you what you get, and then you can decide whether you want to mark a condition or make this unstable or temporary. Okay. What we see on the page uh, is you kind of extending your senses outwards towards these helicopters, and we kind of zoom in on them. So they're marked with an organizational logo that says COPI. Uh, these are these are COPI helicopters. This is the Center for the Observation of Powered Individuals. <gasps> And while you don't necessarily know who in these uh, copters is putting that signal out, you do know that Kopi is, in general, kind of the good guys. They're at least usually on the side of the good guys, whether or not they themselves are. Officially, they are here to help, you know, mitigate the worst parts of these superhero incursions and briefly detain individuals that the regular police cannot until they can be transferred into custody. Usually this would be the sign that they are coming to help you wrap this up. But there's definitely someone in there uh, that's that's given off some some strong Wi-Fi signals. So the question is, do you want to mark a condition and maybe get a little more information, or do you want to make this unstable or temporary? <laughs> I want to mark a condition and get okay. more information. <laughs> what do you want to mark? I want to mark afraid. That is fair. You focus in on the one of these helicopters that is strongest uh, giving these signals off. And we get a look inside. You see two main people aside from just, you know, a couple of Kopi agents. You see uh, a very large bodybuilder-like physique woman. Uh, She's got a very short braid uh, on one side of her head and like a side shave. Uh, This is Olivia LaRange. And she is uh, currently scanning sort of the, the square with a pair of binoculars. And then sitting across from her is a uh, Latino man in his probably late 20s at this point in a lab coat. And you don't specifically recognize this person, but we do get a caption under him that says, Dr. Virgil Cassiano, head of R&D. And he is uh, working on some sort of, for the 90s, very high-tech tablet device. And you can see that there's this small silver box next to him uh, that, as he is typing on this, begins to exude this fine gray mist that you recognize very well. So, from there, I would like to get back over to Stellar. So you have just uh, incapacitated a couple of goons with guns. Now, they do still have those, and they are uh, trying to hold you off by firing at you. Ah. Uh, So so first off, how have you been dealing with this, and what are you up to now? I think what Slaughter does is she turns the camera back to face her and says, Well, remember, Starlights, keep your eyes on me. And then she turns invisible. And what are you doing with your invisibility? Any of my teammates nearby? Stagehands probably, like, right on the ground. The gambler is fairly close by having been near the van when it flipped over. Really, the only one of your teammates you wouldn't see directly is Kieran, because Kieran is hiding at the moment. Okay, so I'm going to hand the camera to Stagehand says, keep it on them. And then I'm going to turn invisible. And then I'm going to walk. And since they can no longer see me, I'm going to head over and try to 
take their guns from them. Uh, so you are just trying to take some guns from some incapacitated guys, uh, at which point you're not so much directly engaging, I think, as just unleashing your powers to overcome an obstacle. Uh, so go ahead and roll plus freak. I got some great camera work going on. Yes, that is. It's a Ted. So I want to get uh, from Stagehand's perspective because you were planted in the ground and Stellar <laughs> hands you a camera from your like prone, like slightly in a crater position. <laughs> and I... And I like that visual that you're like laying there trying to figure out whether like how many of your bones are broken right now. <laughs> I so I think what happens is okay, A, this is not an uncommon occurrence. <laughs> this is a very common occurrence. So mm-hmm. like stellar hand stage hand the camera and then stage hand's like, oh yeah, I got you. <laughs> and then it just like stage hand just tosses the camera in the air, and then you see stage hands like red bubble appear kind of almost like hands holding it and is getting like this nice shot using her telekinesis from the air while stagehand on the ground is like brushing herself off like (laughs) okay yeah wrist is fine (laughs) stagehand herself's not even really watching (laughs) from where the gamble is standing you just see like this distant woo woo (laughs) (laughs) Uh, and and as Stellar turns invisible, the two goons with the guns start like sweeping them around, like trying to figure out where she went. Uh, and they're, they've stopped firing randomly, like because they're not going to just fire randomly into a crowd of people, right? Uh, but they're definitely looking around for where Stellar went. And Stellar, how does that look on the page when you disarm them? So they're, they're looking around and suddenly one of them feels like a tap on their shoulder and they turn around and suddenly the gun is just lifted up and like thrown behind them. Then you can't see Stellar, but because she's just prone to just being very flashy, she kind of swirls around. As she turns, she takes the gun out of the other one and then throws it. And I think I would like to get over to the gambler uh, one more time. (laughs) So you now have this uh, raging lightning gem sword. Hell yeah. Tranquil has definitely booked it away from you in a direction that you are aware of. What are you actually doing? Because you can hear helicopters coming in, uh, you can see the rest of your team has, you know, sorted out the rest of the situation, uh, and Wolf Spider is probably uh, making sexy eyes at you, I think. Um, so, <laughs> what are you up to? Well, first thing I'm going to do is I'm going to spend a burn to move to any place um, I choose with scene. So, what the gambler does is he swings this sword in like a circular arc around his body, and he's going to manipulate the probability that this gem sword obviously also has teleportation powers and he's just going to teleport himself in front of Tranquil. This works, I will tell you that. Uh, so, you go ahead and spend your burn and you teleport down the alley that Tranquil had headed down, and as you do, you can see her talking to a fellow that you haven't actually met before, and she seems to be like, this went very sideways, I need an out. And let me describe this guy for you right quick. He's wearing uh, a sleeveless leather jacket with little spikes on it. He is uh, otherwise kind of like punk aesthetic, black ripped jeans, combat boots. Uh, But from the neck up, it's a little bit different. So first off, he is wearing a bow tie that appears to not be clipped to anything. He is wearing a monocle with an inset clock face. 
and a uh, a top hat. And notably, he has a mustache that is twirled and waxed to perfection. And as he sees you teleport in, he pulls a stopwatch out of one pocket, clicks a button on it, and Tranquil stops, uh, as does... You could see that there was, like, obviously stuff kicked up in the wake of your teleportation, and that just stops in midair. And he looks over at you. Ah, about time you got here. Hello, Emilio. Hello? Ah, this is the first time we've met, isn't it? I'm going to go out on the limb assume yes, because I have no recollection of you. And he reaches out a hand uh, towards you. Allow me to introduce myself. Professor Hamilton Paradox. Okay, let's write that down real quick. That's the sickest goddamn name. Oh my god, I love this boy. I don't even care for this I love him. Um, oh, I thought the gambler was going to write that down. Just pulls out a pad. Okay, let me write that down. Oh, yeah. <laughs> oh my gosh, yes, please. <laughs> that's a character. That's 100% a character. He, he, like, he like sort of like jabs the sword into the ground. He's like, I'm really bad with names. Hold on a sec. And he just like grabs out a Sharpie and writes it down on the back of his hand. And then he holds out the other hand and there's like this double class handshake. And he's like, it's so good to meet you. Who are you? As you grab, <laughs> as you grab his hand, uh, I am going to trigger a villain move. Oh, no. I'm, going, I'm going to need you to take a powerful blow. <laughs> That's not what I wanted. That's 10 plus. Uh, So you grab his hand and you stop uh, and he clicks the stopwatch again and just walks past you. Oh, so sorry for our first meeting to go this way, but I promise we're going to be great friends. Don't feel too badly about this. It's for your own good. And he walks past you and grabs the gem and then just very casually walks out of the alleyway. And as he uh, turns the corner, things start moving again very slowly. And you realize that it is about an hour later. Let's get back to the square for a second. So this situation has more or less been contained. Uh, Helicopters have kind of landed. And I want to get to Kieran right quick, because as they land, there is this fine gray dust that filters out of these helicopters and encircles these two guys that have been uh, encased in concrete. And you can see them kind of seize up and, you know, uh, stop struggling. So Kieran, what are you up to at this point? I want to stop this. Since this is like a physical thing, I want to try and use my telekinesis to force it all back into the box and hold it there. I'm just going to have you unleash your powers for that. Darn it, that's a six. Can I see Kieran doing this? I think you probably can. Can I lend a telekinetic hand? I think you definitely can. Kieran, do you want to fail or would you like some assistance? <laughs> no, I would very much like assistance, please. <laughs> um, so I think Stagehand like sees Kieran doing this and doesn't understand why, but can tell that like it's important to Kieran. And if it's important to Kieran, it's important to Stagehand. I think we get a really cool panel of like, like Stagehand's red meshing into Kieran's orange so that that, like it helps kind of cover all the surface area. I love that. And I'm using a team, obviously. And as this gray mist just gets forced back into that box, you can see it sputter and spark and like start, you know, smoking a little bit. And uh, Dr. Cassiano starts like whacking at the uh, the tablet. Damn thing, this is this was supposed to be a test run. And Larange just pats him on the shoulder, like, oh, it's okay, it'll work next time. Don't worry too much about it. And she hops out of the uh, out of the helicopter and just runs towards Stellar. Yes, Stellar's still invisible, but she, when she sees Olivia, she turns visible and runs yeah. towards her. And I think she kind of grabs you and like spins you around, gives you a little kiss on the forehead, it's like, oh, I saw that from the distance that was some excellent work there honey thank you it's so good to see you and 
I think the closing panels we get are the group of you in this square. And it's been a minute. Uh, Kopi has kind of come in and they have, you know, sorted out the people who were still in the van that might have been knocked out by the crash. They've, you know, sorted out the guys that were stuck in concrete and have extracted them from said concrete. And you realize that the gambler is missing (laughs) because it's been a minute. So who is responding to this and how? I have a very important question. Yes. Before I answer. Is Wolf Spider still around? Oh, absolutely. Now that said, the scene is coming to an end, which means that that construct that was holding them in place is starting to dissolve, and you can definitely see them realizing this and pretending like it's still holding them. All right, Gambler, I adore you, but I'm going after Wolf Spider. That's okay, I didn't see you. I, 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 Wolf Spider and I need a coffee date. <laughs> 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 oh, oh, I think I'm kind of in the chaos. So yes, partially I do want to take Wolf Spider on a date. So I think in kind of like this <laughs> chaos of Kopi landing and Stellar having her adorable moment with Olivia LaRange, which I definitely get on camera for a second before oh. gently setting the camera down. I think Stagehand's just going to like sidle over to Wolf Spider, link an arm with them and say, hey, I think we should chat. Uh, and I think Wolf Spider looks over at you and goes, oh. Uh, and they look around. Could we do it somewhere maybe a little more private? I don't fancy going to jail. Yeah, I think that's a good idea. Let's uh, get out of here. <laughs> uh, and I think at that point, the uh, the construct kind of dissolves fully, and they just start booking. <laughs> <laughs> Is Stagehand following? Oh, 100%. Okay, so as we see that chase starting to happen, Kieran, Stellar, what's up? I think Stellar is going to pick up the camera that was set down and face it towards himself. Well, wasn't that quite the show? I hope you all enjoyed it. Remember, no matter how dark it gets, there's always going to be a light in the dark. Bye bye. <laughs> I close it, and I guess I'll help Kopi with rounding up these people. And I, and I think uh, Laurent is more than happy to uh, to work with you in that. Yes. We, we get a couple of scenes of wistful looks over, you know, people being put in handcuffs. Yes. <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh, Kieran, what's up? Kieran is just staring at this doctor and that box. They haven't noticed that the gambler is gone. They haven't <laughs> noticed that stagehand left. They are just entirely focused on this person tapping on their tablet and the box of nanobots. Yeah, and I, and I think at some point he just, like, kicks the box a little bit uh, and scowls at it. Are you actively trying to do anything with that, or are you just watching? I think for now they're just watching. We get back to the gambler, uh, and as we kind of wrap this up and time resumes... So first off, you resume slightly before Tranquil does... Are you doing anything with that, or are you more distracted now? I am definitely distracted. I think, does it all come undone at once, or... It's it's by degrees. Yeah, I think I, like, um, Emilio slowly starts to lean out of it, and he, start, he supports himself on the, the hilt of this, this glowing electric gem sword. If it's still in the ground? It is not, uh, because Paradox took that gem. Uh, that was the only thing he was here for. That was the only thing he was here for. That's right. For some reason, I thought he took the silver orb. Never mind. Nope. Took the gem. Everything else is still here. Everything else. Okay. I think what I'm going to do is I am going to unleash my powers to... Um, so so we're in the, like this dark, dank alley, right? Yeah. yeah. It's the 90s. There's like big, giant like metal trash bins. It's like, it's just junk. 
I'm going to say there's some like discarded like chicken wire or bike chains like leaning out of the side of one of these bins that's just been discarded and he is going to manipulate the probability that he can control metal and he's going to sort of wrap her up with all these loose items of metal garbage and try to restrain her. I think that's perfectly doable at this point. She is uh, still stuck in time uh, more so than you are. So you still should have a burn. I tell you what, we'll call that a burn and we'll just hand wave that. I'm happy with that. And as she comes back in, she is just swearing up a storm. She goes, that backstabbing son of a... And she looks at you and then she just stops talking. Hey there, darling. <laughs> uh, I think she spits in your direction. <laughs> Rude. <laughs> been to a lot of bad shows before and probably some of them were mine but no performance is worth this and he takes off his top hat and he just kind of like smushes it over her face as she's restrained as kind of a way to like muffle her <laughs> oh my heart and as we panel out of this particular issue on the top of a building overlooking the Tezuka Square, a slight crackle unnoticed by the people down below. And in it, we see a large built man covered in cybernetics wearing a cowboy hat, and beside him is standing a reptilian-looking woman, also covered in some cybernetics, and both of their eyes are glowing a very slight green. And we see a caption that says, Next issue, Hextinction Event. Masks A New Generation is written for Magpie Games by Brandon Conway. It is made of pouches, guns, and glowing everything. If you haven't bought it by now, please do. Kieran is played by Vanessa Haas. You can find her being a delinquent on Paradigm Academy on LGBT&D as Jack the Janus, as various roles on Tabletop Roulette, or on Twitter at AlpacaMyBooks. Stellar is played by Charlie. You can find Sir on Twitter at Magical underscore Pride, and Sir Podcast Precure Podcast Engage at Prepod Engage. The Gambler is played by Charlie Shermer. You can find her on Twitter at ChatterboxCharles or as the voice of many beautiful disasters on Real Fantasy Encounters at RF Encounters. Stagehand is played by Landon Cornell. You can find him on Twitter at OccasionalGM or on his own podcast, Shadows of St. Fleur, which you can find at St. Fleur Pod. Apex City is GM'd by Jeremy, who also writes the music and edits this podcast. Our album art was provided by Fitzsimmons. Find them on Instagram, at Fitzonomy. Find us on Stitcher, iTunes, Spotify, or anywhere that feet aren't. Find us on Twitter, at Apex City Cast. Thank you for listening, and we'll see you next issue.